Hi, Kevin. How your Institute for Internet Security is doing? Oh, yeah. Um, funnily enough, uh, after speaking uh, last time, I remember we, you were like talking and suggesting like at one point we might also do some more stuff in Java and so on. And uh, actually, we finally do some more engineering programming stuff and we, we do it in Java now or it's in the beginning, but it's proposed to be in Java and uh, is supposed to be kind of like a benchmarking suit or benchmarking framework for different blockchain technologies. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so I'm also very happy uh, to bring the whole topic into the Java game. It's also more comfortable for me like this. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, perfect. But um, so what I also did, I uh, prepared a little bit for this time for the show. And first, Iron Cobra is amazing. So I found ah, the band thank you. on... Uh, on Apple Music, actually, even, and uh, on uh, on YouTube, and I saw you playing guitar, and I have to tell to say you are amazing. So for me, it is no not that much difference between you and Kirk Hammett from Metallica, I would say. But uh, I cannot. Play. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> but I cannot play a lot of guitar. But uh, I think the audience will also say that. Um, so probably you know you are not uh, you can you have no time to to practice a lot, but. Uh, but what I what I heard is really is amazing. So it's just like uh, for me, it's really no difference. But uh, yeah. Oh yeah, thank thank you a lot. Uh, it's very nice to hear. And yeah, you're right. So I'm not practicing that much anymore. But when I was a student, I was really practicing a lot. And uh, I used to have a job in a hospital um, where I was just uh, sitting at the at the entrance, like this job where you sit at the entrance and send the people to the rooms, and um, uh, when I was having night shifts, I would always take my guitar with me, and no one was coming at night, of course, so I could play guitar all night. Okay. This might be interesting, you know, practicing death metal in a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. could be very inspiring for the patients. Yeah, and, yeah, but it was like uh, playing the electric guitar, but without amplifiers, so yeah, just yeah. like really stupid uh, exercises all night, kind of this, yeah. Yeah. What I also did, I... Uh, Take a look. Took a look at Mugen Psyche. Oh, right. Yeah, and they the the cars look boring but fast. So it looked like a, <laughs> yeah, it is like you know pro pro play toys. I would say you uh, I, you, you this is like lots of carbon and you know aluminium and they look fast. But like this is more like a weapon than a than a toy. The Tamiya are more colorful, you know, with lots of stickers, and the Mugen Psyche just look fast. Yeah, exactly. So it's not really a toy. It's like a sports competition model. Yes. Yeah. Then what I also did, I researched <laughs> the Uli John Roth and I found him on uh, on YouTube as well. And the guy looks like, you know, like a guru. <laughs> this is like, you know, the, the uh, James Gosling for guitars for me. This is what. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> And he even, you know, developed the, his own guitar with because mm -hmm. uh, he wanted to play more classic stuff. What I what I understood, and he's really amazing. So I, I never heard about him. And what I also found that the Uli John Roth played with on the G three. G three is now like uh, like the f oh, how to call it a uh, concert where the a fun concert where the um, it's called, you know, the uh, Guitar Heroes. I forgot the names. Like, you know, the um, 
Van Halen and people like this play together, just fun stuff like you know Voodoo Child and 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 uh, yeah. yeah, you know the yeah, Malmsteen there and yes, yeah, sure from Serge. I think Joey Satriani is yeah, like the original, exactly. originator here. Yeah, Joey Satriani and stuff like that. And the and the uh, Uli John Roth also played with them. So uh, so for me it was a uh, a huge win the last podcast. So I learned a lot. So now I'm back in the game in metal. Oh, excellent, excellent. Yeah, I've seen Uli John Roth a couple. So actually, I know many people call him uh, Ross, but uh, he's I... called Roth because he's from Germany. From also. Germany, okay. okay. <laughs> Uli John Roth. And um, I've saw him a couple of times live, and it's always really amazing. Like you get this feeling from uh, like uh, being live at a 60s, 70s rock concert because he plays this um, extensive um, Jimi Hendrix kind of style, like very loud and very expressive. Okay. Uh, and I also like uh, played one concert and played together with him, but at the same festival, both our bands played. So I could make a cool picture where we both had a guitar in hand. So like as musician colleagues, I could met him. I was very okay. proud of this moment. <laughs> but there was, a, I think there was one time, David Lee Roth, there was also someone, right? He was also a guitarist. Uh, Is it true? Uh, no, he's a singer from Van Halen, or? I have no idea, because I remember right now Lee Roth. This is why I confuse both. Okay, it could be a singer. Okay, the only thing which I couldn't find is the reference to the red car. So you, you, you said, what was the name of the red car from the from your avatar from Twitter? Uh, I thought it was a Dutch Defender. There is no Dutch Defender. defender. So I, I, I know I spent probably uh. 20 minutes researching the Defender. I think it is... Charger, a challenger then. Char what charger? Charger or challenger? Uh huh. And you had and, and you had it's the challenger. Ch it's challenger. Oh, yes, very sorry. good. So very <laughs> good. So I was really, you know, um, I was, I, I was, what, what I can do? I cannot do more research. But there is no defender. But defender would be a great name. But it's a charger, yeah. I think, and challenger could be as well. But there is no defender. And and you had the opportunity to 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 take a ride with the car, or. Uh, I yes, I um, when I was in uh, Las Vegas or in Nevada, I rented mm -hmm. a car. Mm -hmm. And um, like in, in the US, often when you come, they say like, "Oh, here free upgrade, just take this car." And then he just gave me this car, and then oh. I was yeah super happy. So this was my rent car uh, when I was in Nevada. So you actually ordered the Toyota Prius and you got the Charger, right? <laughs> kind of like this. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, and it's nice. It's nice to drive or. How is it? I mean, I never drove such to a car. Be, to be honest, so I'm uh, I'm very used to like the German cars, like uh, VW or Audi or whatever. Yeah. And compared to those, I found kind of trashy in many ways. Okay. Like, but, it's, uh, but the yeah. sound was nice. But at least sound is good. Yes, but um, like also the uh, it has automatic gear shifting, mm -hmm. which is of course okay in theory. But compared to the more modern gear shifting in like the German cars, the mm -hmm. DSG system, okay. it feels so slow. It's like so has less attack and also all the driving, handling. You you feel it's a really heavy car. It mm -hmm. has a lot of horsepower, mm -hmm. but since it's also such a heavy car, it's not uh, like handling handling nicely. I think, but, but it's, it's cool for driving on the highway in the US. Yeah, but this is better suited, you know, for Twitter avatars than than uh, uh, VW Bittle, Bittle or something like this, right? Uh, yeah, I agree <laughs> with. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, now let's start. So the last time we started, you know, to 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 talk about uh, testing, 
what I would like to do is I would like to explain what I am doing, and then we can discuss, you know, what you could suggest or just discuss my approach. So um, yeah, very good. So what I'm I'm working mostly with the backend. So I do also front end stuff, but this is I would say out of uh, out of scope for this for this talk. And uh, at the backend, um, I'm usually working with application servers or runtimes. Like right now, I would say still most of my projects are Payara Whitefly and Open Liberty catching up. And uh, new projects, there are some project I'm using Quarkus. But um, all the projects they uh, mainly you know microprofile and Jakarta. This is what 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 I what I'm doing, or at least what my clients demand from me. Or uh, in the cloud native space, is this what what's going on and uh we have ba so bare metal there's almost no bare metal deployment so mostly we have uh in our view projects docker in the vast majority something like uh kubernetes based and this is openshift almost everywhere and in view cases we have uh, uh plain kubernetes so this is my my environment i have to deal with and mm -hmm. uh, in the Kubernetes or OpenShift, we have three stages, like mostly dev, int, and prod. This is common. In some smaller projects, we have just two, like you know, int or uh, int and prod, and the dev is locally on our machines. So, and um, what's for me the most important thing is that uh, all the developers, so this is usually small teams, I would say pizza teams, two to five developers, that we all uh, commit as much as possible and run as much as possible uh, integration tests on the central OpenShift. And we use usually the built-in Jenkins, which ships with OpenShift, so everything is integrated. So every you can imagine every commit and push, uh, the uh, Jenkins will... Uh, so it goes, for instance, to GitHub. Uh, there is a like a push hook. The uh, Jenkins will wake up, check check out everything and then it will perform first uh, build then unit tests then uh, sorry will uh, compile first the thing then perform unit tests then will uh, perform integration tests then compile the system tests then start the environment deploy check the readiness and liveness probes and then perform system tests stress tests and if we like if this is release build it would create a tag and push it to the uh, docker registry which ships with OpenShift. So this is the the main cycle, roughly, and uh, yeah. and locally, I basically don't care what 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 we are using because the most important part is the CI. So what happens locally? We use a server or runtime which is similar, or uh, the best would be identical to the runtime we are using in the integration and dev tests. And I use I don't use Docker at all. So what I'm using is let's say, uh, no, let's say, uh, IDE, NetBeans, uh, sometimes IntelliJ, in 99% still NetBeans with uh, uh, Whitefly or Payara integration. Or um, uh, now with OpenLiberty, I use a tool I wrote called WAD, which is very simple, watch and deploy. It is, uh, could be seek and destroy, but was actually watch and deploy. Mm. <laughs> and what <laughs> it does, uh, it just watches the changes in sources, then does Maven Clean install and, and just deploys that. This is a simplistic tool. So it means locally on every save, uh, the project is deployed. So I can roughly, I can just very well debug whatever I like. And uh, locally, I also perform the uh, the same thing. So I am able to execute unit tests, integration tests, system tests, with the difference that the system test talks to the local locally deployed server. And the only thing where, uh, where uh, I think... Uh, 
test containers where I use test containers was um, if uh, to start the uh, database, uh, the the uh, the Postgres to launch and stop the database. But mm-hmm. what I usually what I usually did was port forwarding. So we install Postgres on in the dev environment as many developers we had on the OpenShift. So with OC port forward, I could actually work locally with localhost, let's say five four three two, and it just forwarded everything to to OpenShift. And the downside with that, of course, is I had you know to clean the database manually. What what meant I just did OC roll, uh, rollout, so the database was rollout on OpenShift, and then it was started with the with uh, not empty but with the test data. So. And with the test containers, it's great because I could automate the cleaning. So um, I could locally or or on OpenShift start the Postgres, and after the test, I got the initial state from the database. So this is the uh, this is what what you what what am I doing? And the last time I I got the impression that you try to do something different. So uh, let's talk about that. So uh, what why why you are doing something different? So this would be this would interest me. Yeah, so um, of course, with these solutions, there's always a spectrum. So um, there are certain advantages of the way you do it. And there, I think, are other advantages of the way I or we as test containers think about certain things. Mm-hmm. And what I what I use as my main story when presenting test containers to a, a new audience is telling that I want... Uh, um, or I want test containers also to allow for a seamless onboarding experience in the sense that a new team member can just check out uh, a project and directly run the Maven build or run the Gradle build or whatever, and everything works without him having to configure to install anything locally. So that is kind of a goal I try to communicate for people who want to start using test containers. Okay, this means uh, your maven pom contains all the logic because uh, in my maven poms uh, there are roughly i would say 30 lines of code or um, this is uh, we only have uh, a uh, api dependency to microprofile and another one to jakarta e8 but uh, we don't have any declaration of plugins and so forth so locally uh, i would just use uh, a script and globally as a basically a script is like 10 liner or 5 liner and 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 on the Jenkins, there's the Jenkins file. This is the automation process. So your idea is to put everything to the POM, not everything, to automate the no, process in ac- POM. Actually not. Actually not. No, okay. no. Not as part of the POM, but as part of, for example, my unit test. Ah. Um, okay. Yes. So um, so let's first assume black box unit, uh, black box integration tests, uh, which is probably what you to refer with system tests, I think. Or yes, exactly. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, those are a bit more more simple uh, to do also with test containers in the context of uh, JE, mm-hmm. because there you can, of course, just uh, start your um, application server, including your application um, as a Docker container and instrument it from the outside. Exactly. So, I, yes, I, I, um, and this is what test containers can like also do. Not only start your dependencies for your integration test, it can also like manage your whole system basically. So you can use it to drive all the components that interact with uh, each other and then do a black box test of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then 
someone can just check out the project and directly do it without having to know anything. And also still the only entry point is uh, the Maven failsafe plugin or wherever you want to put this. Okay, but uh, someone will still have to have IDE, so environment. So I will have to set up my server anyway somewhere, right? So I will have... Mm. Uh, yeah, so dep depends on how you work. So yes. um, as I said, uh, there are certain drawbacks to this. And for JEE, I found uh, some things more tricky than, for example, with Spring Boot. Um, but we could go do Quarkus. Quarkus is uh, from there's just single jar, so you can just start mm -hmm. whatever you like. So it would be like Java E. So for me, I always have to Spring Boot and Java E and Quarkus almost no difference. So what's uh, the only the difference is uh, not there's no difference. What I wanted to ask you: What about liveness and readiness probes? Because usually I would implement them for Kubernetes, and in your particular yes. case, these uh, I will configure the test containers to check the readiness probe, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. So, uh -huh. um, yeah, this would be uh, the waiting strategy, what we call waiting strategy, and um, what you can what you can do. And once you have a little bit more uh, complex uh, system, you can just easily write your own class, uh, extend generic container uh, class, to write your own container test containers abstraction for your application that can already include those waiting strategy. Or you can even basically um, implement a class that abstracts away your whole system. So inside this class, you describe all your dependencies and how they uh, like attach with each other with multiple networks or whatever. And then you can, in your test, have a, a high-level API to start your whole system. Now I found probably a killer feature uh, for, for <laughs> containers. Because uh, what I sometimes hear, that the developers say, hey, Uh, the OpenShift is slow, and we would like to te to 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 start everything locally. So actually, what we could do is to just take you know use uh, test containers to run actually the OpenShift uh, checked in in Docker containers uh, uh, OpenShift version of the uh, environment locally. I mean environment. I mean the application server or the runtime with the app locally. So uh, you will, mm -hmm. you know, because you could run, for instance, a Jenkins test or Jenkins build on OpenShift. So the um, the output of this pipeline is a Docker container. And with test containers, I could automate the thing. If you like, I could start it locally, completely locally. So I would have identical environments to OpenShift, right? Um, yes, basically. So as long as OpenShift just creates environments out of Docker containers, yes, it's possible. It does. Yes. It does. Yes. So the, yes. Yeah. And uh, the problem is why I don't like to use Docker locally is because Docker locally, you can do whatever you like and OpenShift Docker is more restrictive. So you are not allowed to you know to write everywhere. You, you are not uh, allowed to be the root. So uh, what sometimes happens is, you know, developers using Docker locally and they never manage to ship to OpenShift because it's more restrictive. So for me, it's crucial that we integrate as much as possible on OpenShift, but uh, with test containers, it would be a great way to automate how to, you know, pull the OpenShift environment locally. What, what also is the case, on OpenShift, the Jenkins itself runs as a Docker, actually two Docker containers. One is master and the slave, because the slave is the main mm -hmm. slave. And uh, actually with uh, test containers, 
this would be great. We could actually try to run the entire Jenkins pipeline locally, you know, because then if something breaks, developer could say, okay, now I, 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 I run my entire automation test without any implementation, just, you know, the uh, I run my Jake, Jenkins slave locally. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, yes, definitely. So um, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but um, test containers is in its core actually not only something you can use for testing, it's basically a more convenient object-oriented API for Docker. Exactly. So, this is, this so is therefore, it's very flexible. Yes. Yeah, and I forced you almost, you know, to separate the Docker API from the from the uh, system test, and you told me that uh, this is in planning, so the next release is going to be more separatable. Yeah, not not directly the next release, the next major release. Oh, the next yeah, major release. Of <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Then we need this yes, uh, yes. The safe harbor statement where no, so this is yeah, no exactly, one has, yes, yeah, exactly, yes. yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, but this is actually uh, this would be great because uh, you could do whatever you like uh, locally. You will push as often as pos possible to Kubernetes or OpenShift. It will build, and if something going strange, you can still you know locally say now would would like to run the pipeline locally, and it will run. Because what I don't like is that we get locally a different environment than the integration environment. Exactly, exactly. That's also I think. I struggle with those kind of things when you are starting to um, rely more on the services or the features of your CI environments or whatever, mm -hmm. um, then it's not that easy to reproduce those kind of specific environments anymore locally. And then you have some hard times sometimes with the debugging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, right. If you do those things locally, you can... in, in Worst case, um, easily debug into your processes or into your containers, attach a remote debugger still more easily than into the um, OpenShift environment as well. But let's assume uh, if uh, let's assume we have just Quarkus. This is one one jar with some other jars, but mm -hmm. it, basically it is a thin jar. And um, what you will do? I mean. Forget, forget now our conversation. So what you will propagate on, on conferences or in your project. So if you have just one jar, which is executable, what you will do then? What would be the, your default approach, you know, with test containers? Um, so this depends now if I need to do a, a white box test or a black box test. And with white box test, I would, would mean in-process test. Yeah, let's so, go, go through the whole pipeline. So we need unit tests, integration tests. Integration tests would be like testing Hibernate. So we have like unit tests which test one Java class. Then we have a, a tests uh, which uh, tests Hibernate, which goes to Postgres. And then we have black box tests, which uh, in invokes a service over the wire. So let's say we have the three yes. parts. Yeah. So what yeah. do you will do? So, um, okay, unit test, nothing to do with test containers there. Okay. Just the normal unit test as always. Mm -hmm. Um, then integration test. Um, now I'm not 100% sure how Quarkus exactly works because I have just seen it on conferences. But what you need to do when you want to connect your integration test with test containers basically is uh, have some kind of way in the lifecycle of your test. First, start the containers and then inject the um, dynamically mapped port into your application context, configuration, whatever, before your application context starts. Mm -hmm. So um, with um, 
Spring Boot, you can, for example, do this by setting system properties uh, or environment variables or something like this. But you have to have some hack in your test environment or whatever. Make sure your uh, JUnit code executes the test containers code to start the containers before it starts the application context. Yeah. And this is uh, the main difference to Spring Boot in Java or in Quarkus. What uh, we would do is uh, this test is called integration test. So it would end with not with test rather than with IT. And mm -hmm. uh, what we usually do is the code looks like entity manager factory, create entity manager factory, and we get the factory. Mm -hmm. And then we can set properties, IP addresses, whatever you like. And then I mm -hmm. get the entity manager, which basically is Hibernate. So we don't even have to start the application server, or we actually never start the application server for that. We only start mm -hmm. Hibernate or Eclipse Link because it's faster, easier, and we don't need the application server to test you know, the persistence. So we have okay, two lines of... You are, mm -hmm. you, you are instantiating the object itself from your test code. Yes. That's kind the, of. Okay. The then, then it's super easy because then just uh, before you instantiate... Uh, your um, your factory, you just need to start the, um, for example, Postgres container beforehand, mm -hmm. and then you can directly um, use its getter to get the dynamic JDBC URL because you can't uh, hard code um, the uh, URL anymore mm -hmm. uh, when you use test containers because with every start, it will map to a possibly new um, uh, port mm -hmm. because it will always map to a free port. And if you would paralyze or whatever, uh, it, you have to programmatically access the URL. That's yeah. the idea. And then you have to inject it into your system under test. And this is what I do, and this works perfectly. This is exactly what we do yeah. for integration tests. And uh, the last time I, I had, uh, as, as uh, we spoke about, uh, yeah, and on, on our podcast, um, I had the feeling that you're doing something different. And I said, okay, probably I could improve that. But this is exactly what I'm doing, and it works great. And I can even choose whether I'm using, you know, the local OpenShift in Docker container or the remote from OpenShift. It worked in both ways directly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so uh, like nothing against this. Just with Spring Boot, you have some special things that are a bit different because you have to integrate against the Spring Boot test framework, which uh, handles this auto-configuration thing. And, and in this case... And why? Yeah. Why mm -hmm. they are doing this? You know this? Because I always ask developers, why do you starting Spring Boot if you just would like to test the persistence? But they, they never answer that. Um, yeah, because you are potentially doing a little bit bigger tests than just the outside persistence or whatever. Ah, so just okay. you're in you're in your CDI context. That's the idea. Okay, and but you can also inject the bean. Okay, we 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 don't do this. So what what happens in uh, in 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 my project is let's say we have a a guitar uh, JPA entity and we would like to test all the queries and then I would just test the queries and the CDI test we actually never tested in integration tests to to force more system tests or black box tests because in most projects uh, if we have problems we have problems with environments timeouts uh, bottlenecks performance problems and CDI mostly works and the CDI in Java E is that simple so what Mm -hmm. Really, we don't have qualifiers. We have no alternatives. We have no stereotypes. We have just add inject, so it ca it cannot actually fail. We we don't even have uh, interfaces very often. So most uh, we just inject direct classes, and this basically it. So the uh, the I would say the the recent five to even more seven years are extremely pragmatic. 
So we have just few classes which are injected and the persistence. And this was caused by microservices probably movement because you know we have just you no know, we we expose REST and JSON to the outside world. Then we have one resource which uh, with a view of annotations. Then facade and in this facade we already directly inject the entity manager, and this basically it for CRUD, create, read, update, delete. And if there is mm-hmm. more more logic, then we have a class in between which maintains the logic, but we have nothing else. So this is eighty percent of projects. So there is nothing else to mock out. So this is why we st- we use directly Eclipse Link. And this is that simple. Okay, so I got the idea. So um, And the same would be probably if I'm testing, let's say, bin validation, I do the same. I just instantiate the bin validation and test my validators. And if I have a, a JSON serialization, then I just instantiate this uh, serializer and test the serializer, but I never have to run the whole runtime. So this is the idea because the applications are very thin uh yeah okay in in this case uh like it it's easier it's really easier to integrate test containers then because you have uh the control you're not in the framework context while testing exactly. so you don't have the inversion of control problematic there to um hit the right point in the life cycle to inject the configuration of the container because then you can do it by yourself yeah it makes but, it a little bit more easy but from my perspective this is the right approach right because I, why I should start, <laughs> why I should start the application server, let's say, or Quarkus to test the persistence. This uh, is why I never use, you know, you know, Archelian. Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah, I never use that. So because uh, yeah, so I, mean, I found it also a little bit painful, to be honest. Yeah, not not painful. It, it works, but uh, but uh, the problem is there is no use case for me for Archelian because uh, the business projects are easier. And in the only case where I use Achillean or CDI unit or stuff like that is where we have a more complex CDI because then mm-hmm. you can vary with Archillean or CDI unit or Delta Spike, uh, for instance, uh, the contents of deployables. So I can say, look, I'm injecting the interface without implementation, injecting the interface with two implementation or injecting the interface with one implementation. And we can test all the variations. So this is this was actually the killer use case, or it still is, from Archelian shrink wrap and uh, and CDI unit. But in my, my more or less boring projects, so we don't even have qualifiers. So we just inject always a NOAA class. So it, it it actually in the recent projects it never failed because I mean well okay if you if you do the constructor private, so this is what can happen, but you will find it immediately in system tests as well. So there is one thing, um, well, one kind of class. Uh, I think that's a class of of tests that is um, good, or, or a different kind of class where it makes sense to have this kind of Aquilian test or Spring Boot test. And this is where you actually want to do kind of a system test, mm-hmm. but you're a little bit too lazy to go through the public interface, mm-hmm. or it's more convenient to uh, do it in process. Because it uh, gives you maybe easier capability of setting up uh, like the test data or like just uh, stimulating your system. Um, yeah, so this is the thing. Like it's a possibly easier um, API than going through the REST endpoint. And that's you. what I found. Many people uh, use the Spring Boot tests uh, for this. So they kind of want uh, system tests, but they just start already in process. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And this can happen where 
let's say you have coarse grain REST interface and you have crazy mm-hmm. complex complex algorithm and you would like you know to access the algorithm with the database with injected database and this mm-hmm. is hard mm-hmm. to to have all the to cover all the test uh, path through the rest interface so this could be the case and this we had it once in a project yep. where we couldn't we couldn't we couldn't easily you know go through the rest interface and provide enough variations to test you know all the corner cases in the algorithms but um what we did then is this was interesting for uh it was uh we basically implemented uh or we had a alternative deployment where the business logic was injected as is to a uh, prepared uh, test bed container which exposed via rest oh everything this is very simple with cdi so you mm-hmm. can do mm-hmm. kind of similar to 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 uh, reflection so we could access whatever we liked and then on the client side uh, we uh, read excel sheets and had something like you know uh how to call it uh, fitness tests uh, without fitness because we got the excel from the business department but we were able to you know cover almost everything easily but for this scenarios i, I can see the point but this is not very common in 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 my world it is even dangerous because what uh, developers always forget to do is the following they run you know with default set of threats no timeouts, no liveness probes, no readiness probes. They go with the defaults. So it means it will immediately run in the environment and it will hardly run on the integration environment because uh, the container will start, the cache is not pre-populated or the configuration is not fetched. Then they try to system test and uh, it is too early. So this, there are the common problems where you can spend a lot of time if you if you don't have frequent integration, so this is my my problem. I don't know whether it's a good idea to have too convenient local environment if the problem most problems happen in the integration environment. Um, okay, but if you would uh, like locally um, instantiate your uh, local test environment also with test containers, it would also mean you have a fresh instance of an application server. Yes. So you would have uh, those implications there and see it early. Yes. Potentially. But, yeah, for yeah. instance, on OpenShift or Kubernetes, uh, the application server is never the problem. So the problem is, you know, uh, SSL, SSL certificates have to be, you know, uh, provided by the system. And sometimes they come too late or they don't work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have the problem that the load balancer behaves strangely because the system is overloaded. Sometimes, you know, the network is slow, so pulling the uh, resources uh, takes too long and, and, and nothing is built. So, um, and, uh, but you have to, you know, to, to use the, the central environment. And um, so what I just propagate, use it as, as, uh, as often as possible. And, you know, the application servers itself, it is no more the problem, I would say, because uh, mm-hmm. this is just, I would say, one process which is orchestrated by Kubernetes, which is larger problem than the than the process, I would say. Yeah, of course. If you have also like a more complex environment that are you that you are using, like for example with Kubernetes, then you wanna also already test the integration into this environment, which you can't do that easily with test containers. So mm-hmm. right now you can't do Kubernetes stuff with test containers. Yeah, so no basic basic stuff like uh, if you have Kubernetes, you have to have ingress controller. OpenShift is called route. 
So uh, sometimes the uh, the DNS name is uh, is auto-generated, and if you use the wrong name, but you have to configure the name if you have two microservices, then it won't work anymore. So you could use the IP address, but uh, but the IP address depends on environment. So you will have to test the, the Kubernetes-specific, let's say, cloud-native configuration as well, which is never a problem locally because we can use localhost or we can get you know the IP address from test containers. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm struggling a bit. So, uh, uh, but uh, I I think the killer use case for me with test containers would be really try you know to run automatically the uh, Jenkins from the global Docker container locally. So this could be an interesting part, and as well uh, automate the process to pull the uh, already de- or already built Docker container from OpenShift and run it locally in test containers in automated fashion. Because uh, if you don't do this with test containers, it's a little bit painful. So what I would yeah. have to do locally, you know, Docker pull and uh, and and use the right tag and then Docker run and wait until it starts. And uh, with the built-in capabilities, uh, you know, how you call it? Not readiness probe. I forgot the name. You know, uh, wait strategy. Wait strategy. With the right wait strategy, you could you 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 will save a lot of time. Yes. Yes. Yes, and uh, you can also. I think we have a have a setter on the container instance to say with pull through or something like this that it uh, always pulls. Like if you would have your latest tag you want to use or whatever. Of course, it would be better to specify a unique tag version or or a SHA of a tag. But uh, in case you always want to test against the latest uh, tag, you have of course do the pulling, but then you can also force test containers to do it. Mm-hmm. And what I sometimes also do, so how I'm dealing with that, so I starting with uh, with scripts. A script is means Maven clean install, then Maven tests, Maven face safe integration tests, then you know uh, Docker run, Docker deploy, and uh, no, do, do, Docker deploy. We deploy this with what deploying to the application server. Then uh, I switch to the other module, and then I perform black box tests. And actually, from all these scripts, uh, could be also idea to to try, you know, to have kind of a pipeline which runs in test containers, right? So you could auto try to automate the whole thing and have, you know, like, you know, how to call it? So a small CI pipeline within a test container. You know what I mean? Uh, I know what you mean, but I never did this. So no, I just, you know, would just need brainstorming. to think this through. <laughs> just just bra- brainstorming yeah. because yeah. to have something automatable, and could be also interesting. So we, you don't have to use Jenkins. You could just say, okay, first step, next step, next step. So you, we will have like a you know, test container orchestrator of other test containers, something like this. So yes, in theory, um, in the end, test containers is just a more Java, more object-oriented uh, Docker API. Yes. So everything you can, nearly, nearly everything you can do with test containers, just one thing you currently uh, like have to be aware of is the fact that Test containers is built for uh, um, for itself to to remove all the containers after the JVM exits. Mm-hmm. So that's just something to keep in mind. A current limitation, but but actually there is one new feature we have now in Alpha, and I'm also not sure if I mentioned it last time, but um, this is ex- uh, specifically for local development environment and the reusable container feature. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you are um, specifying certain containers to be reusable, mm-hmm. as like on the object instance uh, when you 
instantiate the object and also you um, set your uh, local uh, environment to use this feature and in this case the containers will not be killed after JVM exit mm -hmm. they will have a certain grace period uh, they will be kept alive like half an hour or anything and then when you run the test again test containers will check it creates kind of a, a cache key for um, the um, container uh, creation and then it will check okay do I do we already have a container still running with this cache key and then it can reuse this and that's very good for certain kind of test driven development like cycles integration test driven development if you would like to call it like this where you want to constantly test your queries or whatever and without having to restart your containers yeah it's just brainstorming what we could also do use just a dedicated unit test with the sequence of uh, test container invocations would also work. Right. Yes, so what you can also do, and I've seen people do it, it was in the context of Spring Boot, but it doesn't matter, it would work anywhere, uh, use a class with test containers to um, start your local uh, interactive uh, test environment. So basically just start your application container and all the other dependencies and then leave it running and then you have a, a local environment for testing and you don't need any other facilities like docker compose or any scripts to set things up exactly but docker compose starts multiple dockers in sequence usually right uh not directly in sequence in parallel but yeah yeah, parallel, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but but this is the dependency yeah. between containers yeah exactly yeah and and what are you saying you can use test containers to launch a single container with all the things or multiple containers no, no, multiple containers. So what we would um, do in a in a Spring Boot project, for example, um, we would uh, have a, a test class, for example. It's mm -hmm. just like a main, but in, in a test uh, sources. And this would maybe start the uh, Spring application, not as a container, but just like manually, mm -hmm. and also start all those dependencies like databases, Kafka, whatever, and then keep the application running. Mm -hmm. uh, like basically like you would normally run your application, but you can be sure that all the dependencies are there. And that's also great for having uh, like a demoable version or whatever. Everyone can directly start it without having to install anything. Yeah. This this would be like so demo environment. Yeah, this 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 could yes, also work. Yes. This is also a good idea. But yeah. uh demo environment or interactive test environment. Yeah, but they cannot easily replace then Spring Boot. They will have to restart the container, I think, right? Um exactly. Yes, 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 yes. But so this, you you can't have this uh like hot reloading feature or so in this. But case. the cool story is uh, this would perfectly work with Jakarta E application servers and WAD, this what tool I built, because the application server could uh will run and I will launch what locally. It will watch my source folder, create the wars, and redeploy them in the running system. Mm -hmm. Also, a great idea. This would, this, yeah. this, this would perfectly work with Jakarta. Uh, it would not work as well with Quarkus because it is, we have the problem that the jar is actually started. But for yes, all my yes. other projects, this is uh, perfectly usable. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, what's your opinion about Quarkus? So you hear, you see Quarkus in the wild, you. Heard something about Quarkus? So, so so far I've just uh, seen uh, the demos at the conferences. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any hands-on experience. Okay. So yeah. So I also 
Um, I was uh, initially like when the whole Micronaut thing started, mm -hmm. I was uh, kind of, I was not directly involved of this, in this, but since I'm very uh, much in the groovy community, uh, I was like close to the whole Micronaut thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know a little bit more about Micronaut, but then Quarkus, I didn't really look into it. I just, from my from my outsider's point of view, it just looked like something similar to Micronaut. Yes, uh, absolutely. And uh, also similar to Helidon. But the interesting part mm -hmm. is we can use the old microprofile in Jakarta model one-to-one. -one. This is this is the difference. So uh, in my project, mm -hmm. it really takes off because people can just, you know, one-to-one -one migrate the old projects to Quarkus, which is interesting because uh, wherever I am in the projects, it'll say, hey, uh, if they complain, you know, we need more memory or whatever. It's like, have you tried Quarkus? Yeah, yeah, we're already evaluating it. So it's like it's Quarkus mm -hmm. is everywhere. So which is which is interesting. So this was uh, the question: how uh, how how you perceive this? So for me, uh, what I really like right now about the Java web framework space is that we are having a little bit bigger diversity. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just something I found. I find very healthy and we have different ver uh, options for doing microservices or whatever. And that's just good. Like yeah. it just shows uh, activity in the community. Very good. So uh, the last question I wanted to ask you, because uh, I, I'm a freelancer consultant and the problem is it is a really bad idea to use your own name. So I try to find a standard naming and what I usually do, we have no idea how to name things. I look up Wikipedia. So, my naming, unit, integration test, system test, stress test, or torture tests comes from Wikipedia. But uh, mm -hmm. and but there are some, some people think that integration tests, they, they launch their runtime. But for me, it's forbidden. It's like, hey, look, integration test just means more than one method. And we will probably also use, <laughs> you, also use you know, also use a DeFi system or a database. But we don't have to start the whole runtime because uh, the next test is system test, which is a black box test. So which names are you actually using? So what kind of tests, what is the proper naming of the whole test? Because I'm a little bit confused now. So, yes, I use similar names like you, but I, it seems I have a different context boundary in them. So, okay, unit test is for me uh, tests of classes and objects uh, that are owned by me, that are my code, but also if I would have um, two objects of two different classes interacting with each other in process, all in memory, I would personally still consider this a unit test. Okay. Then integration test. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Me as well. If you know, okay. if you have uh, two classes and uh, we don't need to mock them out, so because this is regard, uh, this is this what we are, what we need. What I will do in Java E, I would want still instantiate a CDI container. What I will do in mm -hmm. tests, I will do uh, new class dot field equals new other class, and it works perfectly. Uh, okay, yes. So I would normally uh, like write my classes the way that I can do constructor constructor dependency injection. Mm -hmm. Then I just can do it by hand, like just instantiate mm -hmm. the object, put it into the constructor, and then I don't need a CDI yeah. or whatever. Exactly. I also don't need yeah. a CDI because uh, I don't have private fields. All fields are okay. packaged mm -hmm. private, and this is perfect, and, and constructor causes more code, so I don't like constructor injection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm in the field where I use uh, final fields and then have a constructor ah, Okay. So we, 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 yeah. we would already have some fights in real projects if we will meet. So I think, <laughs> okay. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. So, okay, this is the unit test. Okay, next one. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so then integration test. Uh, in general, I say when my my classes need to interact with external dependencies that are mostly outside of my control, and some things are obvious. That are things like um, file system, network stuff, databases, and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Also, if I would uh, need to interact with my uh, yes, runtime environment, like a bigger runtime environment, like a context or whatever, application server context and so on. Um, and I do it all uh, kind of white boxy in process. Then that's for me an integration test. Yeah, I'm with you, except in process, no. It is always, you know, started outside the process, but uh, identical. And what I like, I didn't thought about that, your definition that this is uh, outside my control, like database and file system. Mm-hmm. I do it yeah. into, yeah, I did it without knowing why, but this is a nice definition. So I will just steal it from now. So really, because, <laughs> Very because good. something which is not in my control is an integration test. This is actually a great definition. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So there's there's one uh, one point in this definition where I struggle in the sense that I'm not sure if I would call it integration test or unit test. And this would be if I test against libraries that are of course not in my control but that i can use like completely in process in memory like maybe guava or whatever like this is okay. i don't know this is this a integration test. test against it yeah i would also call it unit test but from this definition of control it would be maybe an integration test but yeah yeah that's but just uh, i would say for a microservice like projects that run as a, as a services or processes this would be for me an uh, a unit test. If I would you know mm-hmm. have a standalone Java desktop application, this would be probably more integration test because uh, the the Google Guava or whatever is a big deal for me. On application server, is would be unit test. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. Um, and then hey, wait, wait a second. We could actually yeah? define that the integration test is uh, whatever process is outside our control. So we have the main process and if we need other processes, this could be an integration test, right? Uh, yes, definitely for other processes. Yes, yes. But um, like if we consider um, having a framework that uh, implies inversion of control on us yes. and we're testing against this inversion of control, then it's happening in process, but still we're an integration test against the inverted yeah, control. This is framework. what I have to yeah. think think about to prohibit this, but <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but you are right. Yeah. Because file system could be also kind of different process because it's a operating system. So I would define it as something outside. So or outside mm-hmm. our environment yeah. or something like this. Okay. Yes, yes. So um when I um I, I often think uh, about uh, application architecture in terms of the hexagonal architecture pattern and uh, there it's kind of obvious. You have this outside la- layer and everything which goes out of the outside layer has to be integration test. But the it. funny part is in Jakarta E from the hexagonal architecture we only get a pipe because we have in the front end, you know, a, a REST uh, interface, probably a database and, and all others uh, ports are open. It's really hard to find. Mm-hmm. more. It's, there was never a full hexagon in my project. We probably are triangle at most. Yeah, it's mostly yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pentagon would be built. In your case, you have to have a pentagonal architectures, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would be more compatible with Iron Cobra, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, okay. So, what's the next level? So we have integration tests, and then 
Mm, I would also call it uh, the next one I would call system test like you. Cool. And system test I would say uh, is a, already a black box test driving my applications through its uh, public API which could be a REST API or whatever. Perfect. And it also involves starting all direct dependencies ideally as a real application. Perfect. Which <laughs> with with direct dependency, I mean, if I'm testing against uh, another microservice, uh, then ideally I can start this other microservices, but those dependencies behind this microservices, I, of course, have to somehow maybe mock away with yes. wire mock or something because else I have to have a too big system in some microservice architecture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. And yeah. Uh, and. And stress tests are stress tests because load tests are more formal, which I get from business department. And stress tests is what I do to destroy my system to see whether it's stable, right? Uh, yeah, I would call them load tests, but just because I did before, but stress test is also fine. It's maybe better. I don't know. I have no opinion on this. Yeah, <laughs> but I you would do this. Mm -hmm. Larger companies, I have, I have opinion because what what sometimes happen, we get uh, stress tests. Uh, sorry. Uh, performance tests from the business departments, like more approval tests, you know, what we have to do mm -hmm. to be fast enough so the applications have to just define behavior on the load. And this is boring because they have, you know, wait states and stuff. So our system is never really on the load with the performance mm -hmm. tests. And uh, the stress test is like brutal brute force attacks. So denial of service attacks on our environment to see whether everything fault tolerance is working and, you know, timeouts are working, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so maybe, maybe this means also there are two different things. There are uh, stress tests and performance tests. Yes. Like stress tests where you try to push it to the limit and performance tests, which you could maybe also use as a, a kind of regression test to just see if uh, changes you uh, did now uh, reduce your performance drastically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I assume those you would do against the same environment as a system test or already Exactly. Uh, in a more productive one. Yeah. This is the reason why, for instance, I never use uh, frameworks like REST Assured, zum Beispiel, for instance. <laughs> because uh, what do you use? We use the JAXRS client. So this is like the, you know, the official remote client via API. Mm -hmm. And the cool story is, we use, uh, you know, JMH? Java micro benchmark, yes. uh, genau. Uh, we miss I, but I never used it, I just know it. Yeah, this is actually cool because this JMH, uh, it, 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 basically provides you know endless loops or not endless uh semi-endless loops with some metrics and i just copy and paste my system tests and and make in a few minutes a a a stress test test stress test uh because i just invoking this in a loop and then and then i getting more and more involved so uh we are uh we are able to reuse the entire system test as stress test actually and does this jmh already record some kind of timings yes Uh, you get oh, the output of uh, you get you know throughput, uh, uh, single shot time, and uh, yeah, you, you 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 can you can control it by annotations. Okay, this is excellent to know for my uh, for my blockchain benchmark suit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I was already thinking like oh maybe using JMeter, but JMeter no, is no, no, kind no. of weird yeah, to, to instrument. JMH. You have to have JMeter, <laughs> and uh, what you can do, uh, you can uh, it will create for you a jar which is executable. And uh, but uh, what you can also do, you can control everything from main method, and then you can even add mm -hmm. exporters, which export I think a CSV or whatever. 
But uh, if you do nothing, you will get you know a system out output, which is more and more more or less scientific. So it looks scientific to me, <laughs> like yeah. you no know, deviation so, from mm -hmm. the from uh, I don't know exactly. So what I, what I would want to do, I quickly explain you now, and you say like does it sound good or not? Is uh, I would use uh, test containers to um, start up the whole blockchain system, blockchain network. I want to test, mm -hmm. and once this is. Uh, Healthy, meaning waste strategy has been fulfilled. I would then just use JMH to put load on it. Yeah, yeah. And I and can do all this from Java. Yeah, yeah. And you could actually run this JMH in another test container, right? Oh yes, I could probably. Yes, because yes, then, yes. but then you have two processes which you control. If you would run the JMH in your blockchain in one container you don't know how much performance is consumed by JMH and how much performance by the blockchain. But if you have isolated containers, it's, uh, I would say, even more scientific, right? Um, yes, maybe not as scientific as having uh, different machines or different yeah, yeah, virtual yeah. machines. Machine but it's a, it's a start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's very good. But then JMH is just calling Java methods in the end. Yeah, you, you have two annotations. One is called, I think... Uh, it's called uh, not stress test, but similarly, like a test suite. And then you have, uh, like before in unit tests, so you have setup, which you create uh, a static uh, static context, which is passed to the real test. So you can have even something like varying arguments. So you can have, mm -hmm. you know, uh, 10 tests with this URI and 10 tests with the other URI. So this is how it works. And uh, it's similar to unit tests. So the, uh, it comes, everything is configured with annotations. And you have a Maven uh, plugin which creates the executable jar. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. But still, I would need to write some kind of some kind of Java web client to interact with the blockchain. Yeah, it's mostly yeah. Uh, exposed JSON RPC. Yeah, and this is what I I will use JaxRS for that, for instance. Or okay. uh, in your case, JaxRS clients. So if you will look at my YouTube videos, there are lots of them. But in your case. You could even use the uh, built-in JDK 11 HTTP client. Yeah, sure. This is also a real nice one now. Yeah, because there's even less dependencies, standard Java, so it was even better than Java E. So just use the JDK 11 HTTP client and you are golden. Mm, very good. Yes, this was a very good uh, talk for me now. I have yeah. some nice ideas about this. This is for, <laughs> the, for, for the listeners, you know. You always have to wait until the end of the episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, cool. So what we should do in a, in a view month, I don't think we managed to do this this year. So next year, I would like to ask you how, you, how your testing is going with blockchain. So just have a chat about your blockchain endeavors then. Yeah, that sounds good. And I, I hope and I would be optimistic that uh, we can show something nice until then. Yeah, January, February, something like that. February. Yeah, or a bit later maybe. Let's... Yeah, March. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's do something in spring. Oh, yeah, very good. Very good. Okay, then. Thank you a lot. Yeah, thank you as well. Bye. Uh, I was happy that you invited me again. Yeah, sure. It was a, a really nice episode, I think. Very good.